1: PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your
2: 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. you let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station,
1: Talk sport. Hi, this is Jim White and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. On today's show, Simon questions the influence of football agent Kia Gerabchen at Everton, suggesting he is the ear of the owner Farhad Mashiri, and that that isn't a positive thing for the football club. So we called up Kia and we got his response. Danny also explains why he thinks if Everton appoint Marcello Bielsa, they'll get relegated. Plus we debate, which is the biggest club? Everton or Newcastle? Mr. Jordan, you're in the dock now because we're going to be asking you various questions about Everton. Last night, a report in The Guardian surfaced telling us that in no uncertain terms, Farhad Mishiri put Everton up for sale. Indeed, their headline this morning, Everton for sale, Mishiri puts club on market for £500 million after a chaotic day. It's our belief that... Mashiri is not looking for an outright sale but more minority investment particularly towards the new stadium and in actual fact when Farhad Mashiri was asked that prior to the West Ham game at the weekend on this fans advisory board is the club for sale this is a line 82
2: the club is not for sale but uh, I've been talking to top investors really quality to bridge a gap on a stadium I can do it myself And the reason I want to do is to bring top sport investors into Everton. We are close to having a a deal done. It's not selling the club at all. It's just bringing
3: more expertise in terms of global sponsorship, in
1: terms of uh, commercial development. And a lot of
2: sport, especially sport investors, have this pool of knowledge and that is to secure that forever.
1: So, Mashiri there effectively brushing aside the Guardian's story that the club was up for sale It's mm. not That's not his intention According to him But Simon mm. let me ask you this And I think this is The kind of question That the fans would want To ask someone like yourself What does outside investment Actually mean in Modern day football Simon Does minority investment Lead to majority investment Which leads to a takeover
2: Expertise and Mashiri Aren't two, two words That belong in the same sentence When it comes to Everton Is it In terms of he wants To bring expertise Into the football club Mashiri This football club's been For sale for a year Probably longer So it's for sale and there's no two ways about it. At what um, price do you think, well, realistically? I, well, look, I mean, that's like saying how much can someone get from something. He will want to get as much of his money back, or whoever's money is back. I mean, with all the heat, do you well, think if, he would let it go? Well, look, three hundred and fifty million is what Newcastle went for, and Everton are a bigger football club than than, than Newcastle.
1: So five hundred is about right. Well, it's what he's put in.
2: North of five hundred. What I actually million. wanted was his money back. You think right. Everton are bigger than Newcastle? I do. Yeah. yeah. So you say the club's up for sale? Absolutely, and has been. Absolutely. And I'm surprised he hasn't doubled down on it because it's a way to get him out from underneath the problems he's got coming his mm. way, which is the absolute toxicity that's going to turn towards him. Because once they get bored of blaming the ball, they'll end up blaming the person that needs to be blamed, which is the owner. So if he puts up a smokescreen or a flag that he's selling this football club, he's now, he's now what are they going to say next then? all he can say, I'm trying to sell it. What do you want mm. me to do? You yeah. want to get rid of me? I'm going. I'm going to sell it. I'm not giving it away. I'm going to give, get my money back, and that's the end of the discussion. So, if I was in issues, that's what I'd be saying, but I wouldn't be in issues because I'd like to think I'd done things a little bit differently to but him. But why would you say the club's up
1: for sale at the moment, Simon, when there's so much uncertainty around, when he doesn't know what division they're going
2: to be playing in next season, well, and why so because, much is at stake with the building of the new stadium? Because, A, those things are not mutually inclusive or exclusive. The fact of the matter is, is that if he wants to be out of this football club and wants to stop the cost implications of running it because it hasn't stopped and won't stop. They'll keep on going into his pocket ad infinitum and he's been into it for some time now. If you go down to the Championship, you can do two deals. You could do a deal which gets you some money out on the way in and you can get some money on the back end when you get back promoted back to the Premier League to make it whole in terms of what you might want for the football club because it's only really worth anything of significance if it's in the Premier League. Mm. It would be my belief that if Everton were to get, get relegated, they would have the capability, the fan base and probably a new broom that would get them back out of the championship relatively quickly. They're not West Bromwich Albion. They're not some of these other clubs that have dropped. I don't see them dropping like a stone. I know they're in chaos right now, but I don't see Everton falling apart and absolutely dropping through the pyramid like Nottingham Forest and other clubs like Sheffield Wednesday have done. But notwithstanding that, they do need to straighten up and fly right. So I do think that Mashiri has had it for sale for some time. You had the old tyre kicker in a while ago, Peter Kenyon. Um, uh, hanging around gazing at the window like Tiny Tim looking at things that he can't have Um, and and I'll see I'll see how that plays out but they need money to fund the stadium they absolutely do but there is an ambition and a desire amongst the incumbents to be the people that sit in situ when they walk into that new stadium but the job in hand now is to make sure they're not walking into that stadium by playing Bristol City in it right Right. So minor-
1: you are not. You, you are suggesting to us this morning and, and to answer that your- the Guardian story is right. Yeah, yeah, I am. That it is up for sale. And,
2: and, and, and also going beyond that, to answer your original question, which I didn't answer, the majority of people that invest in football clubs from a, from a minority point of view end up as a majority shareholder. Look at the arguments going over at Palace with Texter and look at the guy at West Ham who's put an... Old, Kretinsky. uh, uh Kratinsky into West Ham. He'll end up owning the football club. Guys with enormous amounts of money don't tend to be minority shareholders. What's the point? Unless they're going to be a minority shareholder in a series of football clubs, whip out the image rights and drop them into other businesses. Right. Which is what is doing at Palace a little bit, to, to, to sort of contradict that argument. But I would imagine that anybody coming in from an investment point of view, they might separate the two. They might make a stadium deal that separates an investment structure. But what would be the purpose of investing in a football club to facilitate a stadium unless you're going to invest in the overriding asset, which is the football club itself? Yeah, but in terms of an outright sale, he'll need to have a rethink if Everton go down. Well, of course he will do, but you can structure deals. Ultimately, if he knows what he wants and it's conditional on being in the Premier League, you might have to wait for that money. You might have to turn around and say, well, if I'm able to get a deal away with Everton for a couple of hundred million quid and then, and then I get a stage payment over three years after that back in the Premier League of £100 million a season from a potential purchaser who wants to pay buy Everton but will pay £500 million in the Premier League, you can cut a deal Right? if you're creative and you want to do it or you take a haircut. you might be fair to take a haircut.
1: You are well informed on this because you... You've been over the course and you know about matters like this. What's your gut feeling? What's the end game here? Evertonian's listening this morning. Last night
2: I was on about the Guardian report, but what do we will buy read it? into it? Someone will this buy morning it.
1: we're talking about minority investment.
2: What some, some will, will happen? Someone will buy it from a shiri, but it won't be at the valuation that he wants because he'll have to take a haircut. And the aggravation value will step up. Now, I don't want to encourage you Everton fans by, by, by suggesting that if they create more aggravation, it'll create more downward pressure. But the more he has to go in his pocket, and if they get relegated, he's going to have to go into his pocket properly into his pocket. And I'm suggesting that he's not capable of that. And I'm not suggesting he does, he's had a reluctance to it because clearly he has already done that. I question where this money comes from. I question the concerns about Everton Football Club if they really dig deep into this and find out potentially who, what, when and why because then you might have a whole basket of problems behind Everton that might be even bigger than the current ones they've got and that's me trying to join dots up backwards and I might not necessarily be right on that but I think I might be close to it um, but I think Everton's main function at this moment in time is not to worry about who's going to own their football club it's about who's going to keep it in the Premier League and the rest will take care of itself.
0: Welcome to the
1: Coliseum of Confrontation Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport I have to say before we go on uh, one moment further, Mr <laughs> (laughs) Jordan, not for the first time in your uh, time here at TalkSport, you have uh, lit a bonfire. You said going into the
2: last break. Yeah, and Everton are a bigger club than Newcastle. Would you like to expand on that? Well we were talking about the nature of valuations and we're talking about that if you look at it in your mind's eye and everything's subjective and if people don't like my opinion then, then don't like my opinion but it's my view that Everton are a bigger football club. I think they've achieved more than Newcastle. They're a founder member of the Premier League. They've never been relegated from the Premier League. They haven't been relegated in 72 years. They've won things. So what? What other validation do I need to support my argument? So you think they're worth more and being worth more not in the, not makes big, them a bigger club? Not in the, No, I think their achievements are, are greater than Newcastle. You see the number of Newcastle fans last night at Southampton. fantastic. What's that got to do I with think big club, my, Fan base. I think you huge. are right. Yeah, Everything is, is huge as well. Yeah. They've got a big fan base in Newcastle. is the biggest club in Newcastle.
3: Interpretation of that, what defines a big club is key in this. I mean, I, I looked at it and I think, after listening to Simon's comments, they're not crazy comments, although I think you could probably put them, I'd probably, I'd probably make them reasonably equal because the way I judge a big club is filling stadiums every week you're away fan base you know and how much passion there is at the club and how much history does go a long way Everton's history is bigger but in terms of now if you were looking at it which is the bigger club I I think they're pretty equal I would say that
2: well, you can not you look at them now because you're looking well, at well, I mean, through Newcastle's going to go on to bigger through and better a prism that's been distorted by middle eastern money coming into no Newcastle. I mean even before that I mean before the takeover you okay. would,
3: if you were a player and I, if
2: I was a player looking at Everton well, and Newcastle on that basis, then Portsmouth must be a really big football club because they take loads of fans away when they travel they don't have the same fan bases as Newcastle. No, and they don't. But we're talking about the relativity of a big football club and what actually defines it. You're going to say to me, No, oh, I'm saying every newcastle big football club is defined by how many fans travel." Surely it's got to be about where they sit in the food chain of what they've won, where they've been. How influential they are, but the huge and fan what base, the
3: huge fan base usually comes because of success. Over but if, the you've years. A,
2: of all, if you've got, first of all, you've got, if you've got a city, and I'm not arguing that Newcastle on a big football club because, of course, they are, and I have no issue oh, with is Newcastle. What, no, it's no, no. Newcastle won a big football. I'm not backtracking. I'm, back- I'm, I'm not backtracking from anything. You
0: know,
2: I'm following <laughs> happily of what I said. But when you've got a city like Newcastle, which is only football club in it is Newcastle, then you go across the Merseyside and you've got two football clubs. You've got Liverpool, and you've got Everton, mm. and Everton's achievements over the years, and Everton's position in the Premier League never having been relegated, being influential in football, having won titles, having won things, I don't understand how that wouldn't be factored into the equation well, is. Of, of a football club. Now, if you now say to which football clubs are bigger, well, at this moment in time, because they've got Middle Eastern money, by the way, the last callers, Oh, we've got our football club back. What? You've got Middle Eastern money in there. Great. Is that how you got your football club back? Is it? Some people could say you've sold your soul. You're dancing with the devil from a different perspective. That's not getting your football club. It's getting a big bag of money back. Now, with
1: they, that in They've mind, got their football club because they've got the right players and they've got a decent manager.
2: And cu- Well, yes, I understand that that... that and that, Ashley's that, gone. If we look at the essence of what football should really be about and what, what Newcastle's fan base was built upon, which was the working man going to support the football club that he loved and adored, they haven't got their football club back. They've got a Middle Eastern ownership model that's come in there for a load of cash at it. Yeah, right, but we deviate, now, don't and, we? And now winning things will be part and parcel of getting their football club back in the eyes of the modern day fan. But in the real terms of what football really is about, it's about the value of something. So with that in mind I personally think. Yeah. In very small order, that Everton are a bigger football club by the yardstick that I define it by. Yeah, now everyone else can
3: have a different yardstick. It's stick. not a preposterous statement at all. It's, no, it's, you could. Well, it's kind
1: of, Danny said moments ago. I think they're kind of an uneven even part, and I, I would agree with them. Me on know that. Me it's know expensive. in the history
3: of Everton and growing up around it. If I even if I, I would, but well, yours is skewed. I You're would Liverpool go. Grow. Yeah, no, but I'd go to Everton. Now Newcastle. So what are you arguing about then?
1: I'm not arguing.
3: But so you, you would went,
1: go to Everton before Newcastle if you get the choice. Not. No, well, they didn't
2: give him more money, wouldn't it be? No,
3: hold on. Newcastle at the moment is a journey going on. At the, it's a train oh, going in the right yeah, way. You yeah, go yeah. to Newcastle yeah. all day. That's a silly argument. Everton could be in the Championship, and Newcastle would be in the Champions League. But when I was playing, Newcastle or Everton, I'd have gone Everton.
2: But you can't just define a football club by a moment in time. You've got to define it by the whole body of its work. So when you are, so Everton get past this current problem. Like they stay in the Premier League. Will they be sold for 300 million quid? Yes. Do you think they will? If they stay in the Premier League, they'll be sold for 300 million quid. Well, like you know about Palace bad, is we're... worth more than 300 million quid. So it'd be more than 300? Yes. All right, go on. Palace have got investors that have bought 20% of the football club for 19 million quid, which makes them worth 500 million The p- point being? West Ham are being worth 800 million quid. The point is that if you if you look at any relative scale of how you define something, yep. which is bigger, it has to start with economics, then it gets followed by achievements, then it follows followed by legacy. Right. So on which parallel universe, if, if Everton have been priced at 500 million quid and they're sold at 500 million quid, and by the other legacies that I've given you, which is winning things and the st- status of the football club, why would my argument be so flawed besides in the minds of the I never Newcastle said fans that unless flawed. I agree with everything they say, I think I'm a devil incarnate? You're, well, taking, you're, you're taking
3: your frustration out true. on the Newcastle fans, I, on me. I've got no frustration on the Newcastle like fans. That. I think they're wonderful fans. Danny, let's, let's <laughs> return to the here <laughs> now
1: before you two disappear outside again down to the ground floor and carry on this argument. It is being reported that Everton are now facing a battle to convince Marcelo Bielsa of our people to replace Lampard. Uh, apparently the Argentinian has a number of reservations overtaking the job should he be in the box seat in the first place
3: no 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 not in a million years not in a million years uh respect everything he did at leeds from the moment he went in the journey he went on but what what i saw at the end of his tenure at leeds was a team in disarray all over the place you know and if he goes to everton and tries to tries to implement that style of football in a relegation fight they're down they don't have the personnel to play like that anyway man-to-man type of style and pressing all over the place
1: He sent a rocket up a few of them though wouldn't he well then that does what That's i mean a... well he put the d in discipline didn't he so they'd all start to have to really well, you've got to, to be careful supper. with that because there's it's 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 a bit of a myth
3: that a uh a, a manager can come in and become a tyrant overnight and the players go on board with it because what you can find quite quickly is they go the other way Especially if he's only in on a temporary basis and he starts making them train two times a day and cleaning toilets. How much and further
2: from the other way can they go already? I was going to they're say. They're already bleeding They're fine for their but, livelihoods. Yeah, but they're
3: not not trying. It's not a lack of fitness. Everton aren't in a the position they a lack of fitness. Absolutely no chance. So why are they in the position they're in?
2: A lack of quality.
3: And, yeah, and but, poor but, tactics. But fitness
2: and application are two different things, aren't they? Fitness and, and the willing to go the extra mile. No one's suggesting they're not fit. They're out, age old, that old age, old nugget that comes out of everyone's mouth and they walk through the door, or gotten fitter. Right? Yeah. It's a load of old rubbish. Right. The bottom line is about application, about what they're prepared to do, what they're prepared to do to yeah. win a football match, how far they're prepared to go, what they're prepared to commit to a football match to be able to carry that shirt. But I've not Represent seen a non-committed
3: Everton side.
2: I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think they do lack application. I mean, Bielsa would go to crazy,
1: crazy measures, crazy limits to win a game. Crazy. What do we can I do so much as a manager? Yeah, but Danny, we heard so much when he was at Leeds. All sorts of different procedures he was introducing. Yeah, but the discipline ta- was incredible. Yeah. If he didn't get it right in the training ground, they did it again he, and again and again. He took
3: time to implement. It's, it takes time. Can't do it. And you it, don't, don't have time, Everton. That's exactly my point. And that's why you're saying he's not the right man yeah, for the job. Yeah, exactly my point. Now, if you if you've got a longer project and you think you know what doesn't matter what happens, if we go down. We will trust you to get. We need this place changed. Like, you know, you you become you become the master. Yeah, you build.
1: Yeah. You build. Yeah. That's not what they need. They need to stay in the division. When you were owner of, a, of of a club, time when you were at the top of the house at Palace, did you ever have a, a, a situation where you had to convince
2: someone take the job? Would you? Yes. Really? Yes. I'm surprised. Um, Neil Warnock, um, because I wanted Neil Warnock. Depends what situation you find yourself in. true. If you fire a manager and you get a raft of applications and you interview applications, then you're in a box seat because they're coming to you. So he had reservations? Yeah, because he'd just been. He had reservations about wanting to stay in football and maybe about me, I don't know. But no, I don't think about me because we know one another for years before and I'd spoken to him before about coming to the job and he wanted to finish a job at Sheffield United. That job was finished. Sheffield United had fired him. And so he was in a situation where he didn't know whether he wanted to come to London because he's a Northerner and he didn't know whether he wanted to stay. Uh, managing in football. Now we heard that fifteen thousand times because Neil's gone and got more jobs than than anyone. But yes, to my But as a standard form, no, I hate that sentiment. I hate the sentiment where the, where the employer is in the bo- is is behind the cart justifying to yeah. the potential employee. That's a point. Just
3: on the Everton thing, quick. Who do you think si, is is actually giving machinery advice on which manager to choose? Do you Key think direction. it changes from year
1: to year? Keir Dyer. Do
3: you do you? Hmm. Does Keir look after Bielsa? I think Keir would probably denied that. Sure he
1: that, is, that he's as close to Mishiri as well, you make Well, he might, but he's not here to be. defend
3: himself. But if, if whoever is putting Bielsa in Mashiri's head, whoever is is, it doesn't understand football.
2: Or whoever put Benitez in in um, doesn't understand head doesn't understand, Liverpool, understand
3: football. Doesn't understand, doesn't understand football. Doesn't yeah. understand
2: English football. Because yeah. everybody, every man and his dog looked at that and went, wowzers, that goes one degree off at its axis. You're going to have a raft of problems there. And so it subsequently transpired. Everyone looked at it and went, Frank Lampard, not going to have a toolkit like Frank. Really good lad. Potentially could be a manager in the future, but not this job. Most people said that. Most sensible people said that. Most people I've spoken in administrative roles in football looked at it and went, ooh, no, no about that. And so it proves. Ancelotti. So Danny, come on then. Talk, the the talking
1: goes on probably as we speak just now. He's with. He's probably with Bielsa. So who's better than Bielsa? Who, who's your number one? Who's, who, who, who's who, most who's your
3: number suitable? One? Yeah. I'd go Dyche. He knows the Premier League, knows the championship, could be either of
1: after this season. He's well well liked. But you it's, said there's a lack of quality amongst the players, so what
2: can Sean Dage do? Well, you can add structure, a tactical plan. He's got players that he knows as well. Dwight McNeil's one of his players. Tarkowski's one of his players. So twenty percent of his team is already in situations. Play he He's got big broad shoulders. He can take it, whatever comes his way. He, I, I think he, he he fits the bill right now for Evan perfectly. He's a sensible choice. The problem for Sean Dyche is if they want to, if they really want to start talking about six-month contracts and nonsense like that, mm-hmm. you're him. not going to get Dyche to go in the door, are you? I'm not sure Dyche would want to go there. There are other jobs that are going to come up. I think Leeds' job will come up sooner rather than later. There are bigger jobs for Sean Dyche than necessarily the shambles that is Everton. I know I've argued that Everton are a bigger club, but unless they get themselves sorted out in the right direction and Mashiri starts stepping back and making decisions that are sensible, and Bielsa, me and Danny, are in absolutely aligned. I said pretty much the same thing as you yesterday. We would have taken Leeds down. Yeah. We would have ta- so, he'll, so what is the credentials for going into Everton? Well, because you can put some discipline into play. They'll go, well, down. they'll go down. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
0: Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation outspoken with
1: White and Jordan. Simon, moments ago when you said, when it comes to Everton, when it comes to one agent in particular, agent Keir Jurabshin, uh, he has influence. Yep. Do you mean influence over Fahad Mashiri? Do, do you mean influence of a substantial nature
2: at that club in terms of deals done? I think he has a, I think he has Mashiri's ear. Up to Mashiri, what he does with the information he's given. But I do believe, I'm led to believe, that Kia is quite influential with him. Nothing wrong with that, but I just don't particularly think that the decisions that he's been making on the back of Kia's advice, if that is indeed the case, has been particularly good, has it? Let's find out. Kia, good morning.
1: Is it is it true you have I... influence over Farhad Mashiri? I mean, do you take Umbridge at Simon's claim?
0: You know, when Simon says something, I quite respect it because he's an educated person, unlike someone like a Jamie Carragher, who's, you know, unfortunately, you know, Lives in a glass house, spits out of car windows, and has no education in terms of his background when he when he makes a comment like what Simon just did, which is why I thought I'd come on and and clarify this point. Right? I've done three transfers of my players over the course of Farhad's um, tenure at Everton.
1: Who were the players? Those
0: Kier. those three were Rich Allison, which came in from Watford, um, and I think that that was a very successful transfer. There was a free transfer of Bernard, who came from Shakhtar Donetsk, his contract finished. And again, he was a player that I think was not a, a complete disaster that he did very well. We had Carlo Ancelotti, which was the only manager that we've they've ever, you know, taken a recommendation. And we always do the same with every club in the Premier League. We go through and if someone needs a manager and we have a client, We always present our clients. And then we were involved in the Anwar El Ghazi loan, which was part of a Lucas Dinier transfer and an FFP scenario. And Anwar came um, on loan this way. And unfortunately, that didn't work out for them because there was a change of manager. And when the change of manager occurred, Anwar wasn't in the new manager's plans.
1: Right. So, I mean, it's fair to say as an agent, you've been busier in business done with other clubs, right?
0: Correct. Much, much busier, right? we, We do a lot more work. Across the Premier League, we have almost a player in every single Premier League club and, uh, and and championship and across Europe. And even, you know, it's very public. You know, last year I recommended Vito Pereira. They went for Frank Lampard. That was a very much a board decision. I think it was even mentioned something on Sky that Bill Kenright and Denise Baxter have nothing to do there. Jamie said that. And that just shows you that, you know, again, people that say things like that haven't done their homework and misinformed the public. And I think that that's really unfair for those people. See,
2: Kia, I disagree with you didn't there.
0: Have, see, Farhad didn't have a sole vote on the manager last time. He created a board. You know, Denise Baxter was very much involved. She has been very much involved in the hiring of the sport director there, Kevin Thilwell. And she was, she led that. He's not one of my clients. He worked at Wolves previously. And then worked in the mls i had nothing to do with it i met him one time and of course as we do we offered him many many players and they turned them all down all the signings of the summer trawoski cody mopai McNeil. all the loans and all the signings that they did were done purely by them and the board i didn't I, we didn't have any involvement whatsoever. So, so you, would,
1: you would push back but, on any allegation that you've got undue influence over Mashiri?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, well, you know, we speak to all the owners. I speak to, I speak to quite a few owners, right? But the point is, what is our job? Our job is to present what we have as a client list and say, this is what we have. That's fair, Simon, isn't it? Yeah, and, I mean, listen, I'm not running back.
2: I'm not running back from. I, disagree, Everton, I disagree with Keir's. and Everton
0: haven't taken and Everton haven't taken any of our advice. I disagree so, or, or or movement. I disagree. Right, Keir. I
2: disagree with Keir's <coughs> characterisation of who makes the ultimate decision, as he well knows. The guy in the room with the money makes the ultimate decision. A board gives you advice, but the ultimate decision is made by the guy. And, with we, the know money room. Benito, and we know he brought Benitez, and we know that he is in that situation, and we know that he brought Benitez right, in. I haven't finished, Keir. It's not about. It's also not about undue influence. Mashiri's a big boy. He can make his own decisions about who gives him advice and who doesn't. My observation is, is one of his go-to sources for advice, whether it's Kia's players or decisions he makes around football, is Kia. And so, with that in mind, I'm not suggesting it's undue. I'm suggesting that Kier is an influential player and an influential player in the
0: in the, but in the, they in the football They haven't taken pyramid. any of our advice, right? So again, so Kia? so they haven't taken any of our advice, right? Well, so, so, I'm not so sure that's right, Kier. Well, I think Ancelotti was uh,
2: Ancelotti was your advice, and I think the rot started from right. there. The real rot started from that appointment. No,
0: because...
2: I
3: don't think that's quite right well, the, about blaming Ancelotti. It was a limited time, but. I think what, what you're saying here, what I'm reading between the lines, is actually if he had listened to you more, he wouldn't be in this predicament because I've just, I did a list well, of the I'm sign-ins this summer. I'm the, not, the I'm were that. I'm,
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that. I mean, I, I don't like to, to say something like that, but I think the one thing is is that, you know, Farhan Shuri, he runs very differently. He, he's not a person that likes to say himself what he wants to happen. He's created this board. He created it when he bought the club seven years ago with Bill as the chairman. Denise and and everyone else, and he's always relied on them, even when, you know, he may have wanted a different manager and they, they were against it. I think But
2: Kia, come is, on, Kia, you, you might be look, positioning yourself in the situation where you're everything to everyone. But when you look at that circumstance, everybody knows that the decision-making process that Shiri made around Silva was his. Everybody knows that the decision-making process he made around Benitez Silver, was his. Thought, and everybody way, knows so, that the Ancelotti decision was you leading him by the nose.
0: By the way, apologies for, for presenting a you know, five-time winning Champions League multiple winning no no you're missing uh, the point here he was you're missing the point he was the wrong fit for everton and so it proved everybody knew it
2: was the wrong fit it was a hollywood appointment and he couldn't wait to get out of the door quick quick enough when madrid came calling again
0: well 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 actually i think that that's not true because again that's not quite factual first and foremost it was one of the only years in the last seven where they have not been in a relegation situation in december there's only been two times in the tenor, that they haven't been that over the last seven years. Once was Marco Silva, once was Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, no
2: one's questioning the Carlo, credibility of Carlo, Carlo Ancelotti as a manager, Kia. We're more. talking you about said, the fit bad, for Everton. No,
0: I understand. You said it was a bad fit. It was a bad they fit. At the top of the t- they sat at the top of the table for most of the Christmas period and then when the squad started to weigh, when it started to weigh in on the depth of the squad, and we knew that Liverpool and City and player, player, people like that were way ahead of Everton at the time. Carlo, actually, I think, would have done very well. The problem was, I think he felt he didn't... You know, when Real Madrid comes knocking, I think he felt he didn't have a choice but to say, OK, Kier, what I'm can just, you do I'm with just Real thinking, Madrid, I'll put right?
1: this to you. For all our listeners this morning, and there are many all around the country, not just Evertonians, is there always something a top agent has to guard against? And that is being seen to be too close... Uh, to to the man at the top top of a football club. Do you guard against that? Do you watch you don't get lured into something like that? I
0: I think, you know, our jobs is always to present the best that we have to those clubs that are in need. And then I think after that, what you have to guard against is to be careful is not to be pushing too hard to make a decision that either goes right or left, which then comes back and smacks you in the face, right? Because then you kind of, you know... You burn yourself at that club and you burn yourself because you have done something that has gone over the edge. I think, you know, if you have competent people within your organization and the Premier League is one of the ones that has the most competent people working in it, then I think, you know, those people are very quick to evaluate. I mean, in the past, you know, we offered them Bruno Guimarães at 16 million when he was leaving Atletico Paranaense. They didn't, they didn't like him and they went for Gabamin. And Bruno Guimaraes went on to, to Leon. So, Diego So ever, Everton could have ever had nerds. Bruno Guimaraes. Well, yeah, and, and Diego Carlos, you know, he we offered him at 11 million before he went to Sevilla. And now he's ended up at Aston Villa and Eda when he was yeah, leaving. Yeah, but Kia, you're you know, very slick,
2: often... right? Because I've seen you do deals and I've watched you pump players into football clubs. And then, and then what you do is, because you're a very clever operator, what you do is say, I'll be part of the solution not the problem because what we like to do is we like to work with clubs and if we if we have a problem we'll provide them with a solution to that problem after having created the problem in the first place so with that in mind well, first, here you're slick here and, foremost, and you're good at what you do that's why you're in a position that you're in but foremost, you do have influence and, and you know you do and you're, what you're doing first is you're shifting it away from Asheri in this conversation because he's the money in the room and you're dropping it at Denise and you're dropping Simon, it at Bino. you know what?
0: I- you know why I think you're brilliant? Because when you've lost an argument, you want to try to slip it no, around. No, I'm not losing it. No, <laughs> no, no, that's you, you're mate. Not get, that's you. You're you
2: come you you in your very calm tones and you're very easy on the ear notions, but when you're digging beneath it, it's cobbler's Kia, and you know it. You know what you're good. You know what you're good at,
1: Kia. Kia, just for just for the record, will you be trying to complete any further deals at Everton before 11 o'clock on Tuesday? Sorry. Will you be trying to see through any further deals at Everton before 11 o'clock on Tuesday?
0: Unfortunately, at this particular moment in time, we don't have any players that, you know, would suit them in that kind of relegation battle. Otherwise, I would, otherwise I would offer them. Your 100% essential download, Outspoken with White and Jordan.
1: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show